welcome to I Am Here. It's a podcast with two cousins, Gabriela and Amarilis. Hey. We are here to share stories, share love, share the healing, and we are here with our lovely friend, Vanessa. Hey. Hi. Follow us on all social media platforms at I Am Here Pod. Send us an email and let us know what you think. Uh, maybe even share your story at I Am Here pod at gmail.com and today we're talking about anxiety yes so we've talked about just touched on it a little bit of just like our different experiences with anxiety but we wanted to go more in depth because our experiences are very different so we're going to talk just about our own experiences again um share maybe um give some insight to people who may be struggling with it or people who know um, somebody who's struggling with anxiety to just have a better understanding of it. It's not that everybody experiences it exactly the same way that we do and this is not um, to give you any um, advice on how to really deal with it because even though um, Vanessa and I both work as counselors, it's very important to identify your own counselor and work with your own counselor to have something that is really specific towards um, the anxiety that you're dealing with. Like we were talking about this before we even started recording, but like I did not know uh, that I had anxiety until college, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I, I've had it my whole life and I have like the generalized anxiety disorder, which how, I don't know how to describe, hello, hello, you guys are professionals, can you guys describe it? Like in, in like terms, a terminology, and then I can describe it on how it feels. Generalized anxiety, just quick brief, um, is where you're, you're feeling worry, constant stress, constant uh, fear over not something specific it's not like a phobia where i'm scared of dogs or i'm scared of being outside generalized anxiety it's more about i have a constant worry about everything <laughs> of everything um so it's just constant stress worry fear um where it's impairing um how you function in life um because you're just worried everything's gonna um turn out wrong or something bad's going to happen. I don't know if you want to add. Vanessa. That's perfect. You did great. Thank you. I, I remember Googling one, Googling it once, and I remember hearing something like, it's like feeling constant dread all the time. Yes. It's pretty accurate. It feels like you have, like, the way that I like to describe it is a giant black cloud, like the like city-sized black cloud that looms over you, like, all the time mm -hmm. and it at least that's how it feels like I know it sounds a little bit more like depression but it's like feeling like terrified like looking up and seeing a giant thing that you don't even know what it is just looming over you like all the time feeling like it might crush you at some point that's that's kind of how it feels like on a day um, basis on a day yeah basis. for me it felt heavy like I felt like I had literally I'm carrying you know, a hundred pounds on me constantly. Like I literally felt tension in my shoulders and my neck all the time. Um, and I think one thing that I do want to say about like the actual disorder being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, it's something that's happening, you know, for a long period of time. 
it's not just because everybody experiences anxiety. Like mm-hmm. that's a You're normal supposed to. emotion. Yeah, it's a normal emotion, and it happens when you are in fear of something, and that's normal. You're in danger. But you're in, and it's a natural instinct. We're supposed to feel that because that's what helps us learn to how to protect ourselves and to know that we need to protect ourselves. But mm-hmm. when you are living in constant fear and and worry. Um, on a day-to-day basis for months at a time, yes, that is considered generalized anxiety disorder. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up yeah. um, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, social media, TV, they talk about anxiety and they, they make it sound like one thing. And yeah, you can get upset and feel anxious, you know, for certain situations, but it doesn't necessarily mean you suffer from you know, generalized anxiety disorder. It or really does attacks. impair you from being able to work, to study, yes. to sleep, yes. to eat, be in healthy yes. just to do everyday Normal basic functions. things that yes. you need to do for your life. And I think that's why it feels so heavy because you are putting in so much effort to do things that just to live, just to do everyday things is very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like we were saying, I, I literally didn't know I had it until I was in psych class and I was just like sitting there like, oh, I'm going to take, I was a good student. So I was trying to take notes and everything. And um, I like, we got to the chapter of like, I think it was, um, it was uh, abnormal psych, like around that, that type of uh, chapter. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And we got to the generalized anxiety part. And I was like telling them, I was like, oh, oh, okay, my friend has this. So yeah, like, I, I, I know, kind of know what this is. And then I'm like writing all the symptoms down because like, it's part of the, the chapter. And then it's like, it's like excessive worry. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just kept writing. And then it was feeling like dissociated, like everything is far away. You're like all the time for months at a time and feeling your heart racing every day. And and being terrified of everything. And I'm like writing everything down. And as I'm writing it, I saw myself in it. And I was like, oh, this isn't normal. Like, no, like. No, it's in the abnormal psych section. <laughs> exactly. I was like, wait, abnormal psych. This is, this is my everyday life. Like, I thought that that was like normal. And then like, it was crazy. Cause like, I would always have like anxiety attacks like in the middle of class where I literally would have to like get up and get out and run out of class to go to the bathroom to calm down. And that happened to me like my entire life, like even Mm. when I was little. And I just assumed that, I don't even know what it was. I just thought that like, oh, I'm really scared right now. I don't know what's happening. I'm gonna go to the bathroom and calm down. And like, it wasn't until that day in college that I was reading that and I was like, oh, this isn't normal. Then talking to my friends, and they're like, yeah, no, I don't feel any of that. And it's like, huh, yeah. And then eventually it was like, okay, I'm going to go to counseling. And thank goodness I went to counseling. So that's kind of my story of how I I realized that that was something I was experiencing. I think I, I just ignored it for so many years. And I was just like, oh, whatever. It's just a little butterflies in my stomach or you know, oh, I ate something that made me feel nauseous. These butterflies feel like pterodactyls. Like, girl. Yeah, I'm like, what is this? T- 
pterodactyl. Yeah, you're not kidding. It felt like there was a monster in there. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to. It's, it's something like out of a, the alien movie. Something's gonna burst out of my stomach. Oh it's no! Gonna, that's gonna be real gross. That's how. It, yeah. It's so. It's bad. a horrible feeling. Yeah. It's a horrible feeling, and it, I, it, I just after I started experiencing them, I feel like um, I could relate to my students even more. At first, I was panicky whenever they would be panicky because then it would trigger me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I know what that feels like. I don't want you to go through that either. <laughs> and so, that, like, trying to help them through it, like, when I was still healing, um, it was interesting. But now – Were you ever I, scared, like, it was going to set yours off because you were like, oh, I don't – It did. When you, it would. Wow. It would because I was a guidance counselor when it was happening. There was a couple times where, like, I legit had to go for a walk around the building. Actually, a lot of times, my coworkers – I, luckily, I got blessed working with a great team, and um, a lot of them were good friends of mine. So any day I was having a bad day, I just be like, "Listen, um, I just had a moment with a student. I really need to go for a walk." And they would go and walk with me, and then I'd I'd be okay. But oh my god, yeah. I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> And anytime someone says that that's not real, I want to punch him in the face because it is real and it's Girl. scary. <laughs> when they tell you it's all in your head? Oh, man. I mean, it is, technically. Yeah. No, girl, that's, that's all over your body. That's the thing. But I'm, it, like, the thing is, when people say that anxiety is all in your head, it's like, okay, yeah, but it's also your, your brain controls your entire body. True. Kind of like how your heart controls, like, the blood flow in your entire body. If I say I have a, if I, I have a heart problem or if I say I have chest pain, people are going to take me seriously. Like, when you're feeling that, that is so terrifying because um, the difference is, because I have had to, in my time with wonderful anxiety, I have had to Google a lot of things, which have resulted in really bad things. You never Google your symptoms, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like the one thing that was so helpful was like the difference between a heart attack and, an, and a panic attack. Cause like you do have that, like an intense pain in your, in your chest sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the difference was that when you're in, when you're having a heart attack, your instinct is just to get help and just like do it. But then versus when you're having an, like an anxiety attack or, or, or a panic attack, your instinct is going to be like, leave me alone. Everyone get away from me. I don't know what's happening. So that's like the major difference. So if someone's having a, a, a panic attack, they're going to resist help more, um, which was like a lot more reassuring to me. Because like when I was having them, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But then I'm like, wait, okay, if I don't want people to help me, okay, no, okay. So I'm probably not having a heart attack. Okay, cool. Well, and I've, I've had, I've been in instances where I've seen people having a stroke or a heart attack, and there's way more symptoms that actually happen when someone's having a heart attack, and they don't become, they're not coherent. It's a lot more physical with a heart attack. I think, and, and it depends too, because I know like with my uncle, um, he would have some heart attacks and it was kind of the same thing, like drifting off. Um, he didn't do all of that, but it was drifting right. off. Going. Um, but for when a person is kind of experiencing, I guess before it gets to that point where you're, you're dis uh, disoriented, it may feel similar. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm because sure. I know that's one of the symptoms too. It's like you think you're gonna die when you're having a panic yes. attack. You think you're gonna die. It's almost like yes. you know you're gonna die. You're like it's definite. Like there's no other alternative in your mind. You're not thinking I might get better. No, that's what's making you panic more is knowing that you're not gonna get better, even though it's not true. But that's right. what's true to you at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so then even true. thinking like you're scared of getting a panic attack because like that's. <laughs> You're like, you're you're even more terrified of it happening again. That's, I mean, that was the whole reason why mine started happening so often because I had a really bad episode. My very first really bad episode, I was at Target and I thought I was going to pass out and this lady helped me and we ended up calling 911 right there at Target and they came, paramedics came, they checked on me and I was fine. I went to a clinic, they said I was fine. So they told me I had a panic attack. They're like, this is the only thing that makes sense. They thought that I was on drugs, but I definitely was not. <laughs> um, and um, after that, that made me fearful because I was just like, I never want to go through that feeling but again. But I want to lose control again. Oh, my God. Lose control, yeah. One time I had a panic attack. Actually, multiple times. I've had a panic attack on a roller coaster. <gasps> oh. And I blacked out because oh. I was, and that, that's the thing. Like, I love roller coasters. I lo- like, Amarilis knows this. Like, yeah. I love roller coasters. But the thing is, recently I have stopped going on them. Well, I started going I've on I've noticed them. that. Like, you got more nervous to go on roller coasters. I'm like, what happened? You used to love Because them. when I was, like, in ninth grade, I went on a roller coaster. But the thing is, I was nervous beforehand because like, you know, you have to do the checklist before you, 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 if you're feeling anxious, you have to do the checklist. Like, okay, am I hungry? Whatever. Like ask yourself those questions. Right. And then I did not ask what, myself. Tell me more about the checklist. Cause I okay. like, I have anxiety, but I don't have panic attacks. I have like social anxiety. So, okay. So what I do when it comes to an anxiety, when I start to feel my body shaking, I start to ask myself, why am I feeling this? Because even though it is anxiety, even though I do have generalized anxiety disorder, I do know that certain things trigger it and make it worse. So if I am shaking out of nowhere, it's either because I'm super hungry, I'm super tired, or I didn't drink enough water, so I'm dehydrated, Mm. or I'm like worried about something that I don't want to think about. I'm like pushing it off to the side and I start freaking out. Um, or I'm sad and I'm just not addressing it. So those are like the main ones for me. I know everyone's different. So like whenever I start to freak out, I, you immediately, it's so hard because sometimes I just start escalating and go down the hole, but like I stop and I'm like, okay, what do I need right now? Like what, what, why am I feeling like this? And I have to do it right when it begins. So when I was, um, we were at like, I think it was like six flags or something. And I was super excited because it was this one roller coaster that, like, it, like it's a lot of falling, and that's, like, my favorite feeling, which is kind of weird because a lot of people don't like the idea of falling. But that's the way it went on roller coasters. I was super excited. I was like, oh, we're going to be falling almost the whole time. Okay, yeah, I'm excited for this. But the thing is, before we were, like, when we were in line, I was, like, I started getting nervous, and I was like, this isn't normal because – usually when I start to get nervous um it's a lot more manageable either that or like I'm able to be like okay I'm gonna take a step back and not go on this ride this time but this time like I was way too nervous and I noticed that that was weird and then like looking back I I didn't realize that I was super thirsty that I didn't drink enough water 
and oh. I was super hungry. Like I didn't eat anything that day. Oh no. So that made That's me a bad combination. <laughs> so girl, I was shaking and like, I was like, my heart was going fast, but, and I was super like even more nervous to go on the ride than usual. And I didn't know why. And so I went on the ride and it was the first time like that this type of panic attack happened because there's like different types um, where I'm like on the ride, then suddenly we're going up and then I start to hyperventilate, but I don't realize I'm doing it. So it's like, it's, it's weird because you would, you would think that you would notice you going <laughs> like, you know, that's. No, but you don't. This is why like, in the moment you're just like, breathe. You have to like literally remind yourself, yes. breathe, slow down. Yeah, because, like, in the movies, they have, like, the, you know, like, the, they have the iconic... The paper bags? The paper bags. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no, it's not that simple, and it makes me so mad when it's portrayed that way on TV, because it's like, no, people are not going to know. And who carries paper bags with them everywhere? I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> you can decorate them, you can make them bling bling and everything. <laughs> We can start a trend, girl. We can oh my gosh, we gotta monetize this. <laughs> oh, we should make merch for I am here, but like paper bags that match like your um your face. Your mask. mask. Yeah, you gotta walk around as like you have a butterfly on your face mask, and you have a little butterfly on your hyperventilation bag. Like, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so like I like started going and I had no idea and I'm like I'm on the way up to the ride and then I like my instinct was I gotta get off but I was already on the ride. So oh. I'm like I'm There's like, no getting off now. Yeah, there's no way. I was already up there. So I started shaking and then I didn't realize that I stopped breathing or I was breathing too much. And then I went as soon as the thing went down all like everything around me turned like black like everything oh, like, no. like it was like like dots everywhere and it started to like look very very dark mm. and I knew it was passing out but then instead because I, I like I had heard before like the reason why that happens is because I'm not breathing you're but, you're losing oxygen to your brain yeah but instead actually complete side note when I was getting my blood drawn, um, my, my brother and my dad are super, super terrified of needles and they hate getting their blood drawn. They always faint. And I was telling the lady, and the lady, and I've never fainted from that, but like the lady told me that the only reason why that happens is because people are so scared that they forget to breathe. Yeah. So, like, yeah. That used to happen to me. I passed out twice when I was younger and I, I have a fear of getting blood drawn because of the same thing. Yeah. And ever since I learned that all I had to do was breathe. Yes. I'm fine now. I can go get my blood. I mean, it's still a mission. I still hate doing it, but yeah, it's cause you stop breathing and because you're getting blood drawn and you're stopping breathing, you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain. Yeah. And like, and you pass out. it's crazy because when I even heard that, like, you would think that that would even, like, slowly start to make me feel better. Like, oh, I, all I need to do is breathe. No. Because with the per when you tell a person with severe anxiety that, oh, oh, like, don't worry. You just have re oxygen reduction to your brain. They're going to be like, so I'm dying? So, like, that's what my brain goes straight to. I'm dying. So as soon as that happens, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. 
It took. I'm not breathing right. How do I breathe? How do I do this? <laughs> yeah. So it great. So I'm on this ride, and then like I knew I needed to breathe, but then I was thinking about breathing. Like I forgot how. Yeah. And I was how do like, I do that? I was like, okay. And then I, I forgot to breathe, so I was like, and I was like breathing way too much air, and I made it worse, and then everything got black, and it was so annoying because like I was still conscious like my entire body was really like limp but I was still conscious so I was like <laughs> experiencing the entire ride but like I was like a noodle and like, I knew it was happening so it was like the worst feeling and then that was traumatizing because then afterwards I didn't get on any roller coaster because that was super scary did they have to call any paramedics or anything or you were fine like once it stopped once the ride stopped, I was fine, which is how I knew it was anxiety because wow. like, otherwise it would have just stayed completely. And you would have needed medical attention. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wanted to go back to how you found out you had anxiety. Oh, mine was that situation at Target, like when I had the paramedics come um, and I went to a clinic to get checked out. I went to multiple how old doctors. Are you? That was just a few years ago. So I was like, what, I, in my early 30s? So yeah, I um, I didn't even, um, I wasn't convinced even, like, after that happened. Because by then, you're, that, you're already a counselor. Like, you're already working as a school yeah. counselor. You studied this, so you're like, I don't know what That was, like, my second, second or third year. It happened, my second year of being a guidance counselor, it happened. Wow. And I was, um, I really think it got triggered because I was doing that. I don't know if you remember how I lost a lot of weight yes, you and did. I did this really strict, um, high protein, low carb diet. Um, and then when I came off of it, I think my body went to shock because I started eating a lot of carbs, like a lot. It was around the holidays. So everybody's baking and I started eating and that's, I believe that's how it got triggered truthfully. Um, Amongst a whole other bunch of things that I won't get into. <laughs> you know, that yeah. makes sense, too, because a lot of the time, like, when your body is adjusting to something different, it's going to react, and, and sometimes it overreacts, like, it freaks out. So that actually it, makes a lot of sense. It legit felt like my body was freaking out, because I did but, that But, like, the diet. truth is, like, people think anxiety and depression is in your mind and in your brain, but it's really, like, in your gut like the gut bacteria and whether your microbiome is balanced or not. So when you shift your diet, it can affect your mood big time. I feel like it's a big combination. Like I really feel like our bodies really react to that fight, fight, the fight, flight, or um, freeze. So whenever your brain sees that there's some kind of threat going on, your body's going to naturally do it without your brain even catching up to it. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's what was happening with my, when I started having my panic attacks, my body started panicking, you know, and I thought, you know, okay, well, this is coming from that first. So it's not I'm that I'm afraid, but truthfully, I did have a lot of fear and I just was ignoring it and suppressing it for so many years that it exploded by that time because my body was also mm -hmm. freaking out. So it was like both were all freaking out. Yeah, it's like um, the perfect storm. 
Like I suppressed things for so many years and then like the shift in, in your diet and your body's reaction, it was just like opening the floodgate. It was just like that. You and I have different definitions of perfect. It's a scary, perfect storm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I think that's because I was, they kept telling me, my doctor was like, you need to get on medication to help you. And I was just like, no, no, no. I'm going to go check my, I'm going to go to endocrinologist. I'm going to go to a urologist. I'm going to go to all these doctors and all of them kept pointing to the same thing. So it took me a while to actually accept that, that they were panic attacks. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, it was just one of those things where like, I was convinced it was my body, my body, there was something wrong with it. And it was like a health issue. It yeah. was, a, I, I was in my mind and, you know, technically I think that, yeah, my body was reacting to that diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came from fear. It, it stemmed from fear. Mm-hmm. No, it so. Um, it's interesting that we're talking about health things. Like, I, I know we're talking about panic attacks, but a lot of it is, like, health anxiety related. Because when we start to feel those physical symptoms. And what are those physical symptoms that you experience? Me? Yeah. Oh, 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 I have some fun ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Physical symptoms. Okay, I saw this one comic. I don't know if you know the comics with the, it's like the heart and the brain and they're like talking. Yeah, the Awkward Yeti. Yeah, the Awkward Yeti. Yeah, they have really funny comics. Uh, Like there's like one, it was like the brain is like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And then like the heart's like, here, I'll make you feel better. And it's like running on treadmill and it's like, and then all of the, and then like the, what is it? It was like the bladder comes, it's like, hi, I'll help you too. And it's like the colon comes like, I'll help you too. And then everyone's like freaking out. And there's an eye jumping up and down, like twitching. It's like, I'll help you too. And then the brain's like, stop. <laughs> and they're like all like freaking out. Is this helping? Yeah, that's how, that's how uh, it feels. But like, I mean, in terms of, um, of symptoms that are unusual, at least for me, were the tingling sensations throughout your body. Um, it's kind of similar to when your foot is asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not too, too extreme. It's just really bad because you're paying attention to it. Um, and on top of that, the feeling of having your nerves like on edge all the time. Um, I had such a bad like case of of, uh, of anxiety that I had, I, I made myself go to a neurologist and um, the neurologist told me that my nerves were just super in shock, like completely in shock. Um, because whenever he like touched me or for something, I would like jump. But it was also because like, to me, it felt like it almost, hurt. not hurt, but it felt so like uncomfortable on my skin. Like it didn't feel like someone was just touching me. It was like wow. that like, sensation throughout my body. Or you could just be sitting down and suddenly like you start feeling a tingling on your face or something. Hmm. Or um, I would get like little like twitches even in my head. Yes. Like or spasms. Like I would feel like muscle spasms throughout my body. Like yeah. it's so weird. Me too. That one was really scary. Like I think it's so weird. Yeah. It, it it was scary, especially like if you Google your symptoms. Like if and if I have any if there's anything anyone takes away 
from this podcast episode. It's do not, it, don't Google your symptoms when it comes to anxiety because Google's going to say that it's MS or something. You're dying. Yeah, that you're dying. So I tell you to call 911 and there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> and that's even worse for people who are struggling with anxiety because it just sets you off and catapults you into a more of an anxiety attack and nervous. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you have any of the symptoms that we're mentioning, please just breathe and know that you're that you're going to be okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because like because honestly one of the reasons why I really wanted to make a podcast and talk about this is because if it weren't for the podcasts that I was listening to and mm. on top of that, the, just the, the communities that, that I encountered like on the internet that were talking about health anxiety, I, I would still be drowning in medical bills. Like I would keep going to the doctor. Wow. Yeah. But like, obviously like there are other symptoms of anxiety that are a lot more like common like the shaking, like your hands shaking, your shortness of breath, which is like really important to acknowledge it, that it's anxiety. Heart palpitations. Yeah. Those are heart palpitations, sweating. My, my ex, his hands would get super sweaty. Like his whole body would just start sweating all of profusively. Yeah. Even and even I've had students that their lips turn blue and chapped because they just like are not like they're chills getting the chills and you get yeah like, your jittery. body's not functioning it's like the blood is not circulating you're not breathing properly no Everything it's like nerves. you're literally freezing like your body's just frozen yeah like it's in shock like you're in shock yeah or like feeling like your body goes sometimes like i have either i get super hot or i get super cold like my hands are completely cold my feet get completely cold um like feeling dizzy mm -hmm. um that's yeah, a big like, one yeah, things like, like you're gonna pass out, feel like you're like lightheaded. Lightheaded, and like the shortness of breath really contributes to that too. And it's like really mm -hmm. important to acknowledge that that's a symptom of anxiety, especially during COVID, because there are yeah. so many people. And I can't even imagine if I like, I can't even like imagine what people are going through that have severe anxiety during COVID, especially like severe health anxiety. And, and not knowing it, you know, not having the tools to know how to regulate it. Yeah. Yeah. They've never really knew that they had it before. I can see them. Or they're setting it off. And then if they really are fearful of COVID, you know, it's easy to think it's because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And also if you have asthma too, like it's not fun. Cause like I would get like asthma when I was anxious because of the shortness of breath. And it's wow. really easy to mistake that for something like COVID or something so scary that, I don't know, it's, it feels like you're dying, which is important to know that you're not dying. <laughs> yeah, I would get severe nausea. Um, I never really threw up because I'm not a person that throws up easily. <laughs> and I hate throwing up. I actually have a phobia of throwing up. So that made it even worse, feeling nauseous all the time. Yeah. Um, and then I would also get, like, tension headaches. I would get – my chest would tighten up. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of what else. I don't, I don't have the, the same kind of anxiety. It's different. Like, I don't believe I've experienced a full-blown panic attack. 
um, I've seen it in other people and it is very scary, like the trembling, the shaking, like the hyper uh, ventilating and um, not really being, it's almost like a constant bringing you back, bringing you back because once yeah. you're a little bit grounded, the brain goes back and it's just like, all right, they're, they're back in another anxiety attack. And it's almost like constantly reminding to come back to this moment and slow it down. Um, so it is very challenging. It's not just something you can just snap out of. Um, but I know like for some other people, when it's not that hyper aroused, it goes into like the hypo, like, and you mentioned it earlier, dissociation, um, where you just check out your body is so like aroused and so go, go, go that the body sometimes can't handle it and it just goes into shutdown mode. And the only way it can help protect you is by checking out. Yeah, actually, I actually wrote a poem about this. I'll just, I always do this. I always like, I always end up reading a poem related to something. Um, because when I was diagnosed, it felt different. Mm. Generalized anxiety disorder. I held the shaking diagnosis between my fingers. Do you have any questions? The, the doctor lingers by the door. No, I lie. I stand before a vacant bathroom mirror, clutching a sink, blinking away the voices that say, it's all in your head, it's not that hard, stop being afraid. Grip tightens, the sink shatters, I don't bleed, I don't need meds, I don't need meds, I don't see my reflection, but rather the complexion of who I wish to be. She has flowers in her hair. Her hands don't shake. She presses them to the glass to meet mine and says, you're gonna be fine. It's okay to break sometimes. So shatter and build me out of diamond cut pieces of nothing. And suddenly, instead of saying, I don't need meds, I say, I don't need them. Close my eyes and breathe again. Wow. I know that feeling, man. Cause everyone's quick fix is here take these meds they'll make you feel better yeah. and you just like well there's nothing wrong with me in that way like it's something else yeah but they don't the doctors you know they can't find anything else so they're like here take these anxiety pills and it's just like but wait that, that's not it that's not it especially like you were talking about earlier you're going through all these um, medical tests and they can't find anything that so was the most I, frustrating thing too because like after every time they would tell me that because I would go and I'd be like so excited I'm like oh they had to have found something then as soon as they figure out what's wrong with me then we can you know get on some kind of treatment plan and I can get fixed and then I'll never feel like this anymore and every time they would tell me it would just crush me so hard and it was just like oh they didn't find anything wrong with me and so the, the, all the signs and all the arrows kept pointing anxiety, anxiety. And I'm like, no, that's not what I have, but it's what I had. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Because in order to accept that it's anxiety, I have to accept that it's something that I'll have to live with for a while. So like, I, I know what you mean, like that, that feeling of, oh, if this is something else, I can take the treatment and I'll be okay. But, like, for some reason, the idea of anxiety, even though it's the same thing, like, I'll take the treatment and I'll be okay, I just never saw it like that. I was always like, oh, I have anxiety. I'm going to have to keep feeling like this and dealing with this every day. And I think, I think subconsciously we know that a pill is not going to fix us. Mm -hmm. So we know that in, 
order, if it is anxiety, we have to face it. Yeah. And that in itself is scary because then that means the things that we've been trying to hold back and hide from and not deal with, that the reason why we're having these anxiety and the panic attacks is we literally have to go face to face with it. The fear that we have, the things that are stressing us out and overwhelming us, we literally have to sit with it. And um, I think that is probably one of the hardest parts of recovering from anxiety and um, recovering from panic attacks is just learning to be okay, not being okay. Yeah. That is like, like even now, like I have my moments where I get stressed out and I feel my anxiety, but I, I have learned that it's okay to feel those things. Like I think I was raised where, you know, you have to be happy all the time and everything has to be okay. You have to be fine. Um, it's not okay for you to feel these, those feelings, but there's no reason for you. To, you're fine. You're, you're professional. Right. You're, you're good. You have home. Like, what do you have to be worried about? Exactly. Exactly. That was a big thing. You have nothing to be worried about. And, and that would frustrate me even more too. like opening up to friends and family. They're like, what? You don't have kids. You're not married. You don't have this. You don't have that. Why are you stressed out? You have a job, you know, you have your career, you know, you have everything. And even within myself, those were things that I, those were judgments that I had to face against myself. Like I should be fine. Mm -hmm. And for that what, all the other reasons of why I couldn't be fine were just not valid. And I wasn't allowing myself to be scared. I wasn't allowing myself to say, hey, you know what? This is stressing me out. This is overwhelming me. This is too much. Like, no, I wasn't allowing myself. I had to be okay. I had to be okay with this job. I had to be okay with this relationship. I had to be okay. And that just, that just makes you spiral out of control even more. Yeah. Um, and for me, and this is something that I know I've learned from other people and even some of my students that I've worked with, sometimes you have to name it. Like, you literally have to name to tame it. Like, you have to name, um, I don't know if, Gabby, you've, you've experienced this through your therapy, but I actually named my anxiety. His name is Ant. He's a boy. I don't know why I made him a boy, but Ant comes out whenever, and I talk to Ant, and I, I say hi to him. I acknowledge him. I'm not mean to him no more. And I know this doesn't sound really crazy and weird, but that's what helped me get through it. And so, Aunt, um, whenever he comes out, I've learned to say, hi, Aunt. I haven't seen you in a long time. How are you doing today? What is making you so fearful? Like, what are you afraid of today? And everything's going to be okay, Aunt. And you just kind of nurture your, your, your persona, whatever, whoever it is, whatever it is you want to call it. Some people call it a monster. Some call it, you know, anything. But yeah. mine is Aunt. And, um... Aunt likes me now, so Aunt doesn't come out that often, but yeah. every now and then, you know, he comes to visit, and... Learn to, like, trust so that you got his back, and you're not, like, hiding... friends. ...or pushing him away, or punishing him. Exactly. Yeah. We're friends, we're cool, you know, and I know it sounds crazy, but someone that has chronic worry and anxiety and stuff, sometimes you, you just really... That's the best way to, um, I don't know, face it. Because it, it is a little person in you, um, and they just need to be comforted. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And, I'll, like, the way that I used to think about it, too, and I still do. Like, I, I, 
I write in my journal a lot. And like one of the things I had in my journal was that um, before I named, mine's name is Harry. I named Ah! my, I I like Harry. (laughs) Because it's a very like, very Harry feeling. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a very um, generic name. And like, so it's not as scary. Like, and on top of that, um, I don't know, like, before I named Harry, he was a monster, because I didn't know who he was, like, we tend to, like, you know, some same reason we're scared of the dark, like, it's like you're walking in the middle of the woods, and then you hear a scary noise, and you're like, oh my gosh, what is that, and then you're gonna think it's a monster, you're gonna label it a monster, but once you take your flashlight and look at it, you realize it was just a dog the whole time, and you're like, oh, that's, that's nothing to worry about. That's just Molly or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I started seeing my anxiety. First, I would be so angry at it. My first thing was like, I'm, first I was scared. Actually, that's not true. The first thing I was doing, I was terrified of him. Yeah, scared. isn't that funny? You're like scared of the feeling of being scared. Yes, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I was scared. I was scared of Harry because I thought Harry was death and I thought Harry was gonna kill me so the whole time I just kept seeing Harry as a monster or for me I felt like aunt was gonna take over me Mm. and I didn't want aunt to take over me like that's not me I'm a brave and strong woman like I don't want this scared little aunt to take over me go ahead no that's true it's 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 feeling like it feels like you're a stranger in your own body like it's like then I felt like I was like you said like I was becoming Harry like I'm not Gabby I'm Harry like this is so scary Harry scary (laughs) 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 but um then like once I realized that Harry wasn't a monster then I got mad and I was like I've been scared of you and you're not a monster, and you've been wasting my time. Instead of having compassion towards Harry, I, then I was just angry. And I, I went so- through, I went through a little phase where I was angry at Aunt too, and I felt more of like, just shut up already. Like, yes! just you're getting on my nerves. Like, can't, what? What is your problem? Like, yes. get over it. Like, that's what happened with me and Aunt. Like, I didn't feel like. Well, I guess, yeah, maybe I did feel like he was wasting my time. I never thought of it like that, but that's probably why I was feeling so annoyed and frustrated. Like, I was just more like, hey, just leave me alone already. Yeah, I was, and then another reason, then I got, like, very, very mad at, at, um, at Harry. Like, I was like, okay, like, not, like, Harry, you're the reason why I'm not normal. I would get angry. I was like, Harry, I'm so angry because, like, I, like, would get so mad, and I still have my moments that sometimes I get angry at Harry, but, like, I would, I remember specifically one time, because I was never able to have a job until I was older, because I was so terrified of people, like, I was so anxious, so when I started working at Music Fest, like, I, when I started, um, when I went for my first job orientation, like, in the middle of the instructional video, like, I got up, because I was having a literal panic attack. I turned to the person next to me, which happened to be also, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I I turned to my cousin. I, like, turned to him, and I'm like, I'm like, I'll be back. I'm having a panic attack. 
and then I like just got up and he just looked at me like this because he didn't know what to do and then I was like don't worry and like I was like like thanks but I'm good and I got up and like because I was like feeling the shaking my body started feeling the tingling all over my face and my legs and like the twitching was happening all throughout my arms and my like my cheeks so I like my chest started hurting and I was like I know what that means I need to go to the bathroom so I went to the bathroom I was completely alone and I remember getting so mad like I remember looking in the mirror and getting angry and thinking this was even before I think I I might have named Harry uh, my anxiety Harry at this point but I was still seeing it as myself so I like looked in the mirror and I was mad at myself and I just looked in the, and I was like why are you like this why do I have this why do I have to be like this and like that's one of the reasons like I wrote that that poem about like clutching the sink because I was like I wanted so badly to break it because I was so angry and I just like remember hitting the sink and just crying because I was like there are people who are up there and they're being themselves and they're normal and they're sitting there for like three hours and there's nothing wrong with them like they're sitting there they're breathing they know how to breathe, they know how to think, they know how to socialize and interact, and they don't ever, ever have to feel this. I wanna be like that. And I got so mad. And then that's like one of like the things that, that was one of the moments that I was so angry at Harry. But then eventually I started, I don't know if this makes sense, but like I started listening to Harry, but like not listening to what like, what he was telling me was wrong with me I started listening to why he was feeling that way mm -hmm. and then it was like why are you so afraid of this why is this terrifying why and I started asking so, Harry yeah what and I would one question that I would always like if I really couldn't figure out why um I would say you know well what's the worst that could happen you know yeah. like what part of whatever you think you might be afraid of or anxious about like what's the worst and is it happening right now hmm. like those were some questions that i learned to ask myself like okay i'm scared that this might happen but is that happening right now what are you doing right now because i mean one of the questions was like what do you think will happen if you're not here right now you know like what i don't have a name name for my anxiety or my fear i just be like yo what's up but yeah. um one of the one of the things that i'm like is when i sit down with myself and 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 ask that part or like what do you what are you scared will happen if you're not present right now because it's almost a defense mechanism it is it's completely a defense mechanism that's the whole point of it mm -hmm. it's supposed to protect you um so when ant starts acting up you know you you just have to stop and just just listen you know and I know like that sounds scary and um to all those listeners out there you might think we're all crazy because we name our our anxiety but I mean really it, it is um one of the best things that I did to overcome my panic attacks um I'm that's one of the things that I do when I feel the, the, the start of a panic attack or feeling anxious and my brain can't stop thinking, 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 I will journal like Gabby mm -hmm. and I will also talk to Ant. And um, I'm telling you, the moment that I give that, give Ant just a little bit of nurturement and, and, and just some kind words, 
you know, Ant gets happy and he just goes away. Um, and it's almost like he delivered his message and you received it. And he was just trying to deliver a message the whole time. He was trying to do his job and you wouldn't let him. Right. And I mean, it's okay to be scared. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be, you know, worried about certain things. Um, another thing that I like to do is set myself a little timer when I journal, um, because, um, not that I, I want to limit how my time with journaling, but it just kind of like, for me, I don't like to write sometimes I, or once I do it, I'm fine. It becomes flooding sometimes, like sometimes overwhelming. That, and then sometimes like the act of doing it sounds boring to me or just like I don't feel like doing that but if I give myself a time limit like hey just give yourself five minutes and all this junk that you have ruminating in your brain going around in circles and around in circles and it's giving you feelings of like okay aunt might come out just set your timer for like five ten minutes and just everything you're feeling and thinking just write it all out and even if it's sloppy it doesn't even matter just let it all out and oh my god that is so healing and it, it helps. And it's funny because then when you go back later on down the line and you start reading your last entries, a lot of them have similarities. Mm-hmm. And so then you can start realizing, oh, wow, like this scenario or this, um, this environment makes me anxious. Maybe I should start avoiding those things or mm-hmm. prepare myself before I go into those environments. Or, or those deal situations. with it, honestly, because... Mm-hmm for me it was doing a lot of avoidance and uh-huh. it was just like the message for me a lot of the times my anxiety was not like the the hyper arousal it's more of like i shut down that's how i like my anxiety manifest where i do have like the tension in my jaw and like the tension but i don't even notice it's happening um almost like you're saying you can't breathe and you don't notice that i wouldn't notice like the tension in my body but i just shut down I'm not speaking, I'm not doing anything, I'm gone. And it's more of like that dissociation that you were talking about, just like, I'm not even here. Like, I'm daydreaming, I'm not here, I'm not listening. I'm, it's almost like Charlie Brown, um, when they're with the adults and like, I'm gone, I am gone and I am just avoidant and people don't know I'm dealing with anxiety. They just think I'm listening or um, I was always a good student because I didn't say anything, or I was always a good girl um, and because we're I quiet. quiet. Yeah, I didn't cause any trouble. I but it's saying- just like the anxiety of just like shutting down and being quiet. I didn't, I was not facing what I needed to face. So being able to recognize and like through time and, and through journaling and through therapy, being able to recognize, yo, I'm doing this as a protection mode because I'm not setting boundaries because I'm in uh, in situations that are not good for me, um, good for my spirit or good for my mind. Um, and I'm just kind of numbing out in order to protect myself when in reality, I need to leave. I need to leave or I need to set boundaries or I need to cut the relationship. Um, so sometimes it's preparing myself for it or soothing myself for it, but sometimes it's really just moving. It's like the anxiety is telling me, girl, you need to leave and you're not leaving. Yeah, that's the fight or flight. Yeah. And and then there's times where um, I feel like there's certain environments that you can avoid and you can't avoid. So like work, 
you know, sometimes work could be very triggering for me, especially with stress. I meditate before I go to work just so I can remember to breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just like you said, there's sometimes you can't avoid it. And sometimes, you know, when it comes to, um, toxic relationships or, um, toxic work relationships, because that's where it was mine. That's where I really noticed on that. That's exactly where I noticed it. Um, because it was just a while and I was just numbing out and I, and I I was doing those morning rituals. I was doing all my coping skills. I was exercising. I was sleeping. I had a diet I was doing it and I was just like and every time I, I would feel good driving to work I would feel good the moment I step into that place everything was like gone and I'm like dang I gotta be here another 10 hours and like everything that I did this morning is out the window that and, is true that is that's happened to me too and that's when I was like how long am I going to keep coping before I actually deal with the problem and that's when I was just like, I need to prepare because the problem is that this is not the place for me. And I'm just trying to write it through. Gabby, and for some- you, you had mentioned it was um, school. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I'm listening to you guys and I'm like feeling it. And even though I'm not like, I don't have a job job, school has always been the place where I can't avoid it. Like that's mm-hmm. where it is all the time. Every time I'm in school, <laughs> chances are, in like every single college class that I've ever had, I've had to leave at some point to take a walk, to, to go to the bathroom, to even sometimes I've even walked out the building and I've just sat down to catch my breath um, because it's been triggered somehow in school. It's, it's just being there. Um, that can trigger my anxiety too. And even if I've never been there before, actually, if I haven't been there before, it's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, when I was in my early 20s, I used to go out and go to clubs and stuff. And I think it's funny now because now I realize what I was doing back then. But I had anxiety back then. I just didn't know that's what it was. And anytime I would go to a club, like, I would go straight to the bar. I would not... Even even if they had my song playing, I wouldn't dance, nothing. And if my friends were there, I wouldn't even go and say hi to them. I went straight to the bar. I had to have a couple shots um, and get a drink. And then I'd be okay. And I literally would have to drink. And I didn't realize all those years is that I like to dance and I love music. But being around so many people and feeling like, Because when you go to certain clubs, you feel like it's a meat market. I'm sorry. It's the truth. You feel like you're constantly being stared at by men or even women nowadays. Um, But you just feel sexualized so much. And I was so uncomfortable with that. But at the same time, I was wearing my sexy outfit. You know, I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. And I was going trying to find my man of my dreams. You know, like that's what you do when you're trying to go to the club when you're in your early 20s. Um, you think you're gonna find them there I don't know why um but yeah I I was going there and it's just like I just couldn't take the the feeling the anxiety like and I didn't realize that's what it was until now now that I've had like finally know for sure that I suffer from panic attacks and suffer from anxiety now I'm like oh my god all those years I thought I was an alcoholic and which I kind of was but the reason why is because I had, had social anxiety You're and I was always trying to numb it. 
I was trying to numb it. And I mean, I was going through other things too, but still like, I don't like being in social environments that I don't know anybody. Um, I don't like small talk. I hate small talk. Like I like having deep conversations. But it's interesting because you're talking now. about that and like people, like, cause there's, there is a thing about small talk, but with social anxiety, like people say, oh no, you're antisocial. You don't like people. And that's not the case at all. That's not true. That's with social true. anxiety, I'm just terrified of being embarrassed in front of Yes. yes. I am or terrified of being embarrassed. <laughs> or not being accepted yeah. or being different or standing out. Yes, because it all brings me, it, it all causes a separation and there's something different and I'm going to be embarrassed. Because for me, um, I, I like, I would go, I love dancing. I love dancing. That's my escape. But you've been to the club with me. You've been to yeah. the club with me. <laughs> You don't want to dance with nobody. She don't want to dance with nobody. Nobody. No. It's like I'm in my little bubble. One time. <laughs> yeah, and like, me. yeah, I'll dance with you. I'll dance with people I know, and I would always go right. with like family or close friends. But I wasn't. I wasn't trying to meet anybody. I was just like, and I and, and to a certain degree, still do. I haven't gone in a long time because you know. Uh, but it's almost okay. like this 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 bubble around me and it's again that same dissociation where i'm in my own little happy place and i'm dancing in it but as long as i keep my eyes down on the floor nobody else exists i don't want to look at anybody i don't want people looking at me yeah it's almost like this magic thinking like a little kid like if somebody sees me if i see them then that means they see me but if i don't see anybody and if i keep my head down then nobody will see me and I can actually enjoy being me. But the moment somebody comes and talks to me, shoot, it's all gone. I'm disconnected. I'm like, nope, don't talk to me. I'm not here. You're not here. This is not real. I'm disconnected. Or I'll be like, dance with Vanessa instead. She's a good dancer. (laughs) No, I kind of, I kind of, I do the same thing you do when I go to the club. Like I look down. And I just look, I look down and it's funny because I don't realize I'm doing it. Or I look really intensely at the people that I'm with. And it's kind mm-hmm. of funny because I'm like looking like, like this at also. And then he's <laughs> probably like, 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 what's happening? But um, like, then I realize that it only works for a certain amount of time because then before I know it, someone's coming up behind me or someone's going to come like into the circle. And I'm like, natural. Oh. Like it's natural. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Like, and I noticed this, the, I think the last time you and I went to the club, uh, Vanessa, of like the whole time I'm avoiding people and it's a social place. We go there yeah. because we want to be surrounded by people, but we, the, the anxiety also is pushing us away from actually connecting to the people we want. And then yes. for me, I don't know if this happens for you, but for me, I would leave, whether it's a party, whether it's even like a school event or a, a work environment. And then I would leave disappointed. Like, really? I would leave disappointed because I want to connect. I actually want to meet people, but the anxiety blocks that. So I'm like, why, why are you upset if you didn't want anybody to talk to you? But then there's this other part that is just like, but I I actually do want to connect with people and and meet them, which is why I went there to begin with. I don't feel disappointed actually usually when I go out and I actually do do things because I can become extroverted if I'm in the right environment if I feel comfortable 
So if I find, if I find an environment that I, cause I love salsa dancing and I'm not afraid to connect with people in that way. So to me, that's like home. Like if I find the right club and they have to play the right salsa music or even rock music, like any music that I like, that to me is home. I don't care. Anybody else is there. I disappear. I go into the music and I'm in music world. Awesome. Like that's it. So for me, that's, that's a happy place for me. So mm -hmm. I, whenever I leave those kind of places, I'm so glad I went because it took me probably all kinds of convincing to get me there. Yes, girl. So <laughs> once I'm there and I have a great time and same thing with social gatherings, like once I go and I have a great time and I feel comfortable, I leave happy and mm. fulfilled. But there are times where I do go into certain environments and I'm just like, I got to get the hell out of here. And mm -hmm. I leave early and I don't feel disappointed. It's just almost like that environment wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, so See, like, I feel I, home in the music, but then when there's other people, because of the social anxiety part, when there's other people, I'm like, you're not my home. The music is my home and that's it. So this is what my bubble is, my uh, music, but you're not part of it. And then when I, I leave, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have talked to somebody. <laughs> happens to me almost every time I go to class like I go into class and like like I said I like school I'm a nerd I'm like in class and like the teacher is like does anyone know this answer and then I don't raise my hand because I don't want to embarrass myself yes. even though I know it's even right though thing. you know it you don't want yeah. attention and the yeah, thing I is with the anxiety with especially like social anxiety um because that's what I know yeah. I don't want any kind of attention, whether it's good or bad. Don't yeah. compliment me. Don't say, oh, like, I don't, I don't want any kind of attention because it makes me stand out and people are going to notice something's wrong with me, you know? Or it's just almost, notice me, period. Notice me. And that's <laughs> one thing I'm like, I'm, I'm invisible. Why are you, like, you're not supposed to know I'm here. You know what's real weird, though? Like, I noticed that <laughs> I'm not terrified of attention if it comes from social media because I'm behind a screen no. whereas if I'm in person with someone I'm like don't talk to me or look at me or don't do any of that stuff I, I don't know it's like it's a lot easier to like I don't know I, can well, I mean it makes sense because a lot of people I mean like I've had a lot of clients who have anxiety too and social anxiety in particular but there you want that connection you want you are social it's just a fear blocks you so being able to engage through social media or video games or even in like uh, comic conventions where you have your costume yeah. people yeah. become more your like you get you almost have the permission to be yourself because people don't see you the whole you the real you yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's actually pretty common, which is why a lot of people don't understand, oh, why are they always on social media? Why are they always on video games? Because so it's, it's an opportunity to connect and, and socialize in a safe way. Um, and we say safe because people are like, oh, there's so many dangers on the internet, but um, in a way that, that the anxiety is not as present. So, wait, Vanessa, do you have social anxiety? Would you, would you? I, like I said, mine is in certain situations. Okay. Uh, anytime I get that feeling of like, uh, I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel like I fit in. Um, or I feel like everybody's staring at me and judging me. That's when I have, so that's where my social anxiety starts coming out. Um, but if I'm like around people that I'm comfortable with, I'm fine. I going to concerts, I've gone to concerts by myself. Um, I've gone to music festivals by myself and I'm fine. Like, yeah, I feel a little like, uh, I wish someone was here with me, mm -hmm. but once the music comes on, I, I, I don't care. 
Like I just go into another world. I go to the movies by myself. I've traveled to different places by and myself. And I've done all those things. But for you, it's it sounds it sounds different than what I would experience because it's and it goes back to having it's different for everybody. Yeah, it really is. I've gone to concerts by myself. I go to the movies now by myself very comfortably. Uh, at first, I didn't. Um, and going to just like carnivals, going to these things by myself because I didn't have anybody to go or with Disney. me. Or Disney. I've been to Disney by myself. I've been to Universal Studios by myself. But this is a thing. Like, it was forced. And the whole time, I was not having fun. Like the For whole me, time, I'm like, I'm like, you gotta do it, you gotta do it, you gotta do it, like pushing through. But yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm nervous and I'm scared and I'm, I'm just faking it. I'm faking it the whole time and I'm tense the whole time. And this is how bad my anxiety is. Like this, my anxiety. Like I know I'm anxious and I know it's gonna bring more attention to me if I act weird. So I just pretend like I'm don't not act weird. Anxious. Don't act weird. Yeah, I'm just gonna pretend like this is normal. And I'm okay, but inside I'm like all of the adrenaline is going and everything is telling me to get out, but outside I'm like, faking it so it doesn't, so I don't draw more attention to myself. I don't want I know, to be the anxious person. I know what you mean though, because I remember when I went to Disney the first time by myself, I never been to Disney by myself. So I was just like, how do you do this? Like, this is supposed to be. Like everybody's with, watching me, whereas everybody's doing their own thing. Yes, I felt like every time I was in line for a ride, people kept staring at me, and they were probably just looking at me. They didn't know I was by myself, but you get in your head, and you're and going just like, to the movies. Like that, like walking in was the scariest thing. I was like walking yes. in, giving the guy the ticket, myself. and you're I'm by yourself. Uh, like all these things. Once the lights went down, dark. I could just go and watch the movie, and I was like, oh, nobody cares. Nobody can see me because it's dark. But then walking out, anxiety came right back. It's just like, oh, everybody's gonna know. Everybody's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. But you know, for me with Disney, um, I will say that it's one of those things where it was like throughout the time the more and more I just kind of accepted it and kept letting all my thoughts like okay yeah this is weird okay like never thought I'd go to Disney by myself this is strange not everybody does this but the more I kept listening and just like letting myself feel those feelings the more I felt okay with just being enjoying my own company like why not like it's a fun place. Like, even if I'm there by myself, like, I could still enjoy the moment, you know? It's scary at first, and you feel like everybody's watching you, but nobody really cares. <laughs> like, they, yeah, like, they really it was don't. such a journey to try to do those things by myself because I was like, I'm missing out on life by hiding. Yeah. So I, I really had other to people waiting for other people to show up to magically come at my door because when I go out to social events, I'm like, no, no, no. So how the heck am I going to meet people? Right? right. But they're going to magically appear someday and be, we're going to be best friends. But, right. So I, like, I had to motivate myself to do these things by myself and years of doing it. I got to that point of with the movies, like going to the movies and I'm like, I just want to go by myself. And then it's almost the same amount of work to allow people in with me in those moments. So it's almost like now having the anxiety of somebody going with me because it's, oh. you know, like I, it's still, it's still there. It's just now a different phase of, I have to be vulnerable and okay 
that not everybody's mm -hmm. going to be in front of me and that being embarrassed is natural, but I don't have to be scared of messing yeah. up in front of other people. I don't have to be perfect, which is another like way anxiety can manifest itself and just, I have to be perfect. I can't mess up. If I mess up, I would run away and be like, oh, relationship's over. I just want to say like one big thing that also helped me with anxiety was realizing that these thoughts that pop in our minds that are just scaring the crap out of us, they're just thoughts. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not facts. You know, they're just thoughts. And we get all kinds of weird thoughts that pop up in our minds and people don't talk about it. And I'm sure there's so many other people that go through what we're going through. But the, the more you keep telling yourself, it's just a thought. Thoughts can't hurt me. Yeah. You know, and giving that thought some time because it's just yeah. a thought and it's coming from somewhere. Um, but it's, it's the meaning that we give. You're thinking of the song, aren't you? I am! Just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. <laughs> that song, I was, that was when I was hitting some of my peak panic attacks. And I used to watch Steven Universe all the time. Oh, and it, that song literally healed me. Like, that song, anytime I would start having, a, about to have a panic attack, I would start singing that song and it healed me. Oh, Rebecca Sugar, thank you. She's so awesome. I'm so sad that they canceled the show or she ended it, whatever she decided to do, but that it's so amazing. And Amaryllis, for your clients and stuff, the last, um, they did a Stephen Future, what is it, the, yeah. the, the, the last season that she did of like Stephen as a teenager. Mm -hmm. You need to watch that because there's some awesome, like, I feel like that show, every time I watched an episode, it was like what I was going through. Um, so Also put me on that. I'm still like in the first season. I'm trying to catch up. He's like, you have to watch it. But that song has helped a lot of people, like with my clients too. And then they shared it with their psychiatrist. Yes. It's, it's been really helpful for a lot of people. So yes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on this impromptu um, episode. <laughs> no problem. It was Share perfect. your story again. Um, no problem. Before you got to go, let's do our gratitudes. What are you grateful for? I'm thankful for that Steven Universe song. Um, I almost said I am here. That's not the name of the song. Um, here comes a thought. Here comes a thought. I am thankful. I'm grateful for here comes a thought from Steven Universe. It's a beautiful song. And if you haven't heard it, please listen to it. It's so good. Yes. I am thankful um, for healing and the fact that we can now talk about it to be able to know we, we can be in community and not be scared to talk about anxiety. Yes. For, for me, that's healing in itself, like just talking and hearing other people's stories and sharing stories with others, like it, it does wonders. Um, so for me, my, my gratitude for today would definitely be um, therapy. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know that, you know, I may get judged by my family um, or some people think like, oh my gosh, she's been in therapy for on and off for all her life or whatever but it's what kept me alive it's what's keeping me going and I don't care if I have to go every day for the rest of my life like it's one of those things where 
Um, you don't, if you don't try to better yourself and seek help when you can't handle it on your own, then you're just going to live in misery. So why live like that? You know, you might as well at least find someone that you can share your most inner thoughts and things that you've gone through and have a non-objective person to listen. Mm -hmm. So if it weren't for therapy, um, I don't think I'd be here. I really don't. So I'm totally grateful for my profession. Um, I'm totally grateful for um, my experiences through therapy and all my wonderful counselors that I've been blessed with. Knowing like it's always layers, you know, like so many layers of you go through one counselor to learn skills and you take a time and you go and live life and then you realize, oh, I need more help with this area. Yes. And then it gets to the point where like, we can actually see the root causes of why and not have to experience the same triggers you know like before we were coping with it now i can understand why the triggers trigger started to begin with and yes deal with that so there's different layers for sure so awesome we're so thankful so so thankful that vanessa you showed up and (laughs) you stayed on here you shared everything I did, I did. Yes. Nice. I like you a lot. You're cool. No, I like you. Oh, oh. oh. (laughs) We're just going to have to invite Vanessa over more. She's just going to be like one of those guests that you're going to keep seeing over and over and over. Yeah. I don't mind. This is fun. I remember when you first were telling me about this and I was like, oh my God, I'm realist. This is going to be awesome. I really hope you do this. Include me. And, you know, time happens and life happens, but I'm glad that I'm able to participate. I'm in a good place now and I feel like it's the right time. So yeah, anytime, just invite me if I'm able to, I'll join. Please appreciate, appreciate you coming on and we appreciate all the listeners being here. Um, And we're so, so glad that you are here. And we are here with you.